This is Your Bird Story, a broadcast of bird stories told by everyday people about their interactions and relationships with wild birds in cities. This season is funded by the Voice for Nature Foundation. I'm your host, Georgia Silvera Simeons. Witches, vampire spirits, characters of Halloween, right? Yes, and also avian mythological creatures. We're re-airing the Creatures of the Sky episode in which Ken Oye shares stories of birds in the folklore of the African diaspora. Enjoy the rebroadcast and happy bird finding this October. Hello, welcome to another episode of Your Bird Story. Today, our guest is a type of guest we haven't had on the show before. Never had a podcaster on this podcast. And if you love podcasts like I do, you are going to want to subscribe to this podcast. So I'm going to let our guest introduce themselves. Hello, hello. My name is Ken, my pronouns are she, her, and I am the host of By the Fire podcast. And that's so cool to hear that you haven't had a podcaster on the podcast. Ken, can you tell us about the name of your podcast and what it's about? Yes. So like I said, my podcast is By the Fire podcast, and it's about mythology and folklore from across the Black diaspora. And I named it By the Fire because it just reminds me of, you know, campfire experiences where you just tell scary stories around the fire and that was essentially the premise of the name I have like a backstory of when I was in Nigeria when I was a child we had no light and then some area boys which are like sort of men who are on road young young men and they came in and brought in a generator and that generated light. And I remember just being like me and my cousin running around the garden being like, oh my gosh, we can see everything. So I think just the whole idea of like light bringing community and like happiness. And that was definitely the theme of like the podcast being that storytelling isn't just about, you know, being able to impress someone by what you know, but also allowing conversation, allowing community, allowing things to be passed on. So that's where By the Fire comes from. And how long have you been on air? I'd say two and a half years now. The first episode dropped August 2020, so during the first lockdown. And it's definitely been like a really great experience like these past two and a half years, just being able to work with different people from around the world and just learn more. So, yeah, I'm just so ready for however many more years I do this for. Do you recall what your first episode was about? Oh, yes, definitely. It was the intro episode was about silk cotton tree, which I've had a more updated version of the episode. But essentially, that's a tree that is the home of many spirits, particularly in Jamaica, but also in Ghana. And it's an amazing tree because it's basically the, the home of all these spirits. And it's thought that if you cut it down then you'll be killed or haunted because, again, of these malevolent spirits. And it was really interesting to research about how yeah, people were trying to build a road through this tree. I believe it was in Tobago, one of the islands in the Caribbean. Again, it, there was just 
problem so they had to like build around that tree so that was my first one that was my first like little mini episode what's your process for putting together an episode like I suppose how do you come to find your stories the way I would do it is I have two different ways but the way I used to do it was basically giving out information that I find so the way it starts is okay have an episode I want to talk about creatures of the sky for example given your podcast and I want to find different sky creatures from different parts of the diaspora so I'm Nigerian but I was born in the UK so I'd want to find something from back home in Africa or you know the Caribbean islands or African-American culture and then I look online back when I was able to have online resources to like free libraries through university and it'd be so easy to find like so many articles about these like cryptids, these hybrids, um, mythology that's been written down. And then I just put it together based on themes of, you know, what does it look like? Where is it from? What's the origin story of this creature? What is it and how to escape it? Because I think in every horror story, even like in the films, there's always this element of, okay, but how do we overcome this challenge you know what's an example how do we be like Voldemort for example or how do we how, you know how do we destroy each Horcrux like there's always something that's like there's this really difficult task or really difficult creature or villain but there's always a way to overcome it it's just really difficult you have to be really smart really cunning um really brave and that's like also the most favorite thing for me to learn as well I think another thing that I quite like to research is any like appearances in person so actually relating it to real life real history so the Kongamato which is supposedly a, a pterosaur from Zambia it was actually supposedly discovered recently in 1925 in a swamp so like these things aren't just stories or fairy tales that we hear from centuries ago but they're also supposedly been spotted in the last century as well so I quite like relating it to the actual real life phenomenon that supposedly exists as well Mm -hmm. yeah that's one creature of the air can you share some others with us yeah so we have the Impondulu who is I believe from South Africa yes right and it's a lightning bird so it's a wind creature that supposedly can you know emit lightning from its talons and it's supposedly actually a familiar of a witch so it does the biddings of a witch against the witch's enemies and because it's immortal it's actually then passed on to the witch's daughter and then offsprings forever and the only way you can basically kill it how you can escape it is by setting it alight so it's a very interesting bird because it's powerful but it's still under the bondage of its owner oh that's so interesting fire coming from the talons it makes me think of oh there was a story a science story before the pandemic I think that talked Mm. about raptors in maybe it was New Zealand or Australia or maybe savannah type ecosystems and these birds would break off lit twigs and then carry oh. them at a distance to spread fire oh my and God. 
I'll have to verify this, but it was seemed to be like a hunting tactic. So when the grasses would alight, yeah, then the smaller creatures living in the grasses would run out and then yes. the raptor could hunt them. And I'm wondering then if that story is a story of that particular species. So the way that story and science are often really integral to each other. Oh, yes. I mean, another feature of the Impundulu is the fact that it's thought to be a vampire bird as well. Mm. So it can also feed off like blood of its fellow birds, which is similar to the like, vampire ground finch, which is a bird that feeds off the blood of like booby birds. So again, and also the va- vampire bat. So the finch lives in Galapagos. Yeah. Oh my and, goodness. Yeah. A vampire and, ground finch. Yeah. They feed off their fellow birds. If they don't have like seeds or something, they get enough nutrients from the blood. Oh, that's so wild. <laughs> yes. Yes. This lightning bird does that as well. So again, like that whole link in between what exists and what could be encrypted it is like so interesting to like learn about. Any other creatures of the air? in mythology yes so we have something called yumbos and they are from senegal and they are these little fairies they're gray and they are thought to be the spirits of those who have passed away so they tend to come together and have parties when everyone is asleep it actually is quite nice and wholesome so they have these little parties and they're served by waiters who don't have feet or hands somehow and then they literally just have a feast every night and then they supposedly work with the humans so they never take too much food from the humans it's always enough for what they need they're really really cute and wholesome and there's not really like much about them but they are like quite small they live off the capital of Senegal, which is Dakar. And yeah, they're just known as the Bakna Rakna, which means good people. So they are actually one of the few benevolent creatures I, I talk about. Hmm. Yeah. One of the early episodes that we did was about the Cardinal mm. in North America. And both guests who spoke of the Cardinal, actually a third guest spoke about the Cardinal, as having the role of bodying a relative, a family member who had mm-hmm. passed. Mm. And if one saw a cardinal, that was that family member coming to visit. I quite like the idea of one's family member, one's loved one coming mm-hmm. back and visiting you in the form of a bird. There's something yes. really tender and sweet about that. You know, you think about birds and how like, you know they are free to like to fly and it sounds cheesy but i do think it's a huge contrast to how you might see a loved one before they die especially if they're sick so knowing that they have this like vast earth to explore and the fact that they come back as well like supposedly is something just to think about and think oh that's so lovely like even with the yumbos like they're departed spirits but it's never anything that's sad it's something that, that they they love plum wine, they love to drink, they love to party and enjoy drums and they listen to 
this lovely percussion. So it's something that's just endearing to think about when you lose a loved one that it's not the end. There's this paradise and it's not far away. It's still home, but it's when we're all asleep. It was really good to like read about and ponder as well. You know, there are many ways that you could think about how birds fit into life and the sort of way they fit into culture is really Mm. important. And I'm just now on my own exploring that aspect of them. And it's fascinating and Mm. it's joyful and these stories make me smile. Do you have a favorite Creatures of the Air story? I think I would say it's the Yumbos, to be honest, because the reason I was just talking about the fact that it's just really wholesome and endearing and they just want to enjoy. They also dance on the grave of their past self. It's definitely like exploring that relationship with the departed, with death, but turning it into a positive light. I think that would be my favorite (laughs) Yeah, dancing on the grave of your past self. The memory of the person gets to be one of happiness, not always sadness. Yes. Do you have a favorite bird, Ken? Yes, the owl. Ah, any particular owl or just owls in general? Owls in general. I remember from young, like they were just my favorite. I think just because they're just so mysterious. I feel like I'm saying this as a normie. You'll definitely know more about them and maybe they're actually really like nice and just normal but for me they're just like wow you don't really see them where I'm from I think because I'm from the city I don't really see them a lot so they've always just been a bird that has like intrigued me a lot (laughs) in New York right you have pigeons don't you yes there are a lot of pigeons yeah and are there different kinds of pigeons I know because I see white pigeons as well like what's that about so they do have different color morphs The white ones are not as common. So many cool things about pigeons. I love the way that they love being around people. (laughs) We can talk about bird feeding, but they certainly just love like being around people who just have McDonald's and might drop a chip or two. And then it's just a buffet from there. They definitely thrive in those kind of busy areas for sure. I go and get bird food, um, which is actually quite accessible. You can go to your local supermarket and get like a bird feeding pack it used to be something that I would do during lockdown where you couldn't really go out in a group so my university has a lake on campus and they'd have ducks I think geese as well and it was just a nice pastime to just get the food and then throw it out and then they'd all just flock towards the edge and you'd see so many people being like oh my gosh and I would just think wow this is all because of me and and it's so cute to see them just being attentive at first be like "Mm, I can see a bit and then once one bird goes to start feeding then others come like okay no it's all good guys come on yeah I think for the soul for the feels it was very very nice to watch and just reminded me of like because I'm Christian how important it is as humans to take care of other animals Mm. and not to do it for any benefit of course there is that intrinsic benefit of you feel good about helping another creature but you know I spent money and time to do that and it just felt like nice that 
yeah, you're doing something to feed the birds and it's just really cool. It's not something that I did before. So I definitely like do enjoy it. So you've continued to do it post the quarantine? I did, but I'm not in that like city anymore. So it's definitely about like looking for like places where I can do it. But it definitely was like really nice when I was. Do you not have to like feed them to entice them to come closer so you can then like watch and observe? You know, I have a pair of binoculars and if I can't see them up close, I use my binoculars to see them. Look on the ground, in shrubs, in small trees, up into the canopy of taller trees, in the sky. And also, listen, there may be a handful of birds that I know their vocalizations. So if I hear them, then I'll start looking around for them. Certain birds, like the blue jay, for example, if the blue jay is making a lot of calls, then I might think, oh, maybe there's a cooper's hawk or a red-tailed hawk around. If the pigeons suddenly flush, which means they're perched, and then suddenly they're swooping quickly, circling in the air, then I might think, well, oh, maybe there's someone who is throwing down seed. So they're sort of flying to that part of the park, or maybe there's a raptor around. So I should be looking around for that. You know, I know my local park really well. So there are also certain locations in the park, and it's not a big park, it's 10 acres. But there's mm-hmm. certain spots that I go to to see if there are certain kinds of birds there, depending on the season. So because I know that park so well, that's usually where I go to look for birds. That's a, something that's known, that process is known as patch birding. If I go to a new location, then maybe the tips I use for my park, I try to use them there, but you just have to kind of get to know the new place. And the more time you spend in it, the more you know where you can look for certain kinds of birds. It's really nice. And my park still, and it's not really my park, but the park I go to a lot, you know, there's still surprises there. So I don't think you get to totally know a place through and through a hundred percent. I love people who have like hobbies and things. Again, enthusiasts. So that is an amazing thing. Do you know much about the the, the silk cotton tree? Have you heard of that before? That episode of your podcast Mm -hmm. was the first time. And then I heard a story about this tree on a different podcast. And that was the second time I'd heard about this silk cotton tree. So you introduced me to this tree. And I have to say, I mean, the stories you share with people are incredible. And they're just so many. And I love the fact that it's the not the conventional mythology Mm. that some people might be used to. I love that it's from the African diaspora. I love that perspective. Mm -hmm. It's refreshing. I think it's just what we need. You know, Western white Europeans don't have the handle (laughs) on mythology and folklore. So really kudos to you. And I hope there are many more years of this podcast. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, the reason why like I made it was because, you know, I was listening to another podcast, which I won't name, but, you know, it was completely erased. The whole 
diaspora stories literature and I just thought well that's crazy because there's so many superstitions that we do today that is related back to ancestral practices in African-American culture which is vast in itself in the south with the blue ceilings that are painted blue in the south homes like above the porches that's done because spirits can't cross water so they they would see the blue ceiling and think that's water so they won't go into the house and you know if you go to the south you see a lot of the the houses like that and again that's just african-american like law that is now put into architecture new to me and i'm going to look this up because i want to learn more definitely do i mean you guys have like so much and you know it differs based on like region and what might have migrated based on those who moved from the south to the northern states and a lot of it just needs to be told i know there's like an issue with gatekeeping as well but i think there is so much that you can learn about your own culture that i can learn as well and then same as me i can learn about nigerian things that i didn't know because i've been in england this whole time that someone else can then learn so it's really like a two-way how many millions ways a conversation with people so i do enjoy it i do I hope that this year will bring lots of owls into your life. And I'm so glad that we got to talk (laughs) about creatures of the sky and lots of other things related to birds. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. Oh my goodness. I really wish the best for yourself and your podcast. And yeah, I really hope really nice birds flock to you. Thank you, Ken. Thank you. Thank you, Georgia. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Your Bird Story. Like, share, subscribe, and we'll see you back here next month.